Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Spotlight on Success. Um, I have a great guest here today. Um, I've been reading up on it, and um, I'm going to admit up front I'm not I'm not necessarily um, the most knowledgeable guy on, on boxing, but this is a, a great story. And I'm, I'm great with the stories and, and figuring out how people do what to get where they are, and that's really what it's all about. And then after we kind of discuss that, we're going to talk about what's coming up here um, in December for these particular gentlemen. And uh, I'd like to welcome Jonathan Banks to the show. How are you doing, Jonathan? Hey, I'm good, man. How you doing? Pretty good. Hanging in there. That's good. Up thanks here in upstate New York. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, no problem. The show. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, Jonathan, you um, you are a very uh, well-accomplished boxer You're in your own rights, and you are also a trainer. And um, if it's okay with you, I'd like to talk about sort of your backstory, how you got where you are. And then kind of how you are, I think, maybe in the process or about to transfer or you've been kind of, I think, in a way inherited um, Vladimir Klitschko from a, <laughs> from a former friend and trainer, is what it looks like in the bio here. Um, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are as far as boxing and, and all that sort of stuff. Well, my background all starts out of Detroit, Michigan, man. And um, Detroit is where my heart is at because of... <laughs> Um, you know, that's what all start was at. But the reason that where I'm at where I am where I'm at today and the reason why um the story is so interesting as far as being a trainer to the heavyweight champion and being the only fighter ever in the history of the sport to actually train the heavyweight champion of the world and still be active himself. And being the youngest heavyweight champion, being the youngest trainer to the heavyweight champion of the world. It all started um, because I was I was boxing obviously when I started I was fourteen, you know, I started in the amateurs. Um, the late great Emmanuel Stewart. He um he took me up under his wing as a fifteen year old kid. And I mean, I I traveled with him, traveled the world with him, I lived with him. Um, he was like a father to me. So, um and he I, he also at the time that we actually was to get first got together as a teen young teenager. He was training the former undisputed heavyweight, the last undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, which is Lennox Lewis. That's the last guy he trained. He was training. That's the guy he was training at the time. And 2004, um, Emmanuel turned me pro. And um, I was 1-0. And the next fight, he said, the next fight will be whatever – he said, I want you to come to this camp with me. I'm starting to train. One of the Crisco brothers wanted me to train him. And that's when I met Vladimir Crisco. I was 1-0 in 2004. And um, he was getting his career. He was he was getting his career restarted again. And I was just starting mine. And um, we met. We, um, I mean, we became friends instantly because we, we had a really good rapport with one another. And... You know, the rest of, I was his sparring partner for, for years. All his, his when he got back to the title, I was his sparring partner to get for all his all his big fights. Up until a few years from now. Up until up until I'm sorry, up until a few years ago. Uh-huh. And um then I just became um I was just in camp with him, some camps with just him and him and Emmanuel. And um then about two thousand twelve he called me when Emmanuel was in the hospital. And asked me, can I be his coach? And um, I like, yeah. He said, what? 
I said, yeah. He said, did you hear what I said? I said, yeah. What you said. Are you sure you understood the question? I said, yeah, I understood the question. And um, he, so then after he, I hung up with him, I got another call saying that I have a fight in like November 2 on HBO. And so that fight put my fight a week apart from Vladimir's fight. So Vladimir called me back. He said, Jimmy, I just heard about your fight. I said, yeah. He said, um, are you sure you could do this? I said, dude, listen. Let me do this. I can do it. If you want me to do it, I can do it. I don't have any problem. He said, are you sure? I said, yes, I can do it. So um, I, I, obviously I did it. So, so it's good. Yeah, and so so maybe in his mind he's thinking, like, he, you know, obviously he really wanted you to do it. And he, and he was like, do you know why he just didn't want to have you feel like you had to do it and maybe overcommit? And at the same time, you're you're kind of launching your career, or I guess in 2012, your career exactly. was pretty well away. Yeah, my 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 career was out there, but at the same time, you gotta understand that he's a, he's that elite heavyweight champion. So he said, "Listen, I'm not about to just do. If you can't do it, tell me. I I, I would try to find somebody else, but I just right. want to know. Talk. To, can you do it? And that's what the situation was. I told him. I said, "Listen." You called me. Do you want me to do this? He said, yeah, it's okay, fine, let's do it. I'm saying I can do it, I can do it, let's do it. And um, he, he have no regrets about his decision, and neither do I. Wonderful. And you guys, you guys are more, you know, I, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and, and a lot of people who are what you call coaches and trainers, and it's more of a business relationship, whereas yours is a business relationship, but, but at the same time, like you had referred to, um, was it Mr. Stewart was his name? Um, yes, United Stewart. Yeah, you had referred to him as almost like a father to you. I mean, when you get these kind yeah, of um, trainers, yeah, it's, and it's more like you're a, it's more of a family than it is a business relationship. Um, exactly. I mean, some things start off as business, and some, some situations is business situations, but you end up. After so long, you end up dealing with each other like family. And some people start off as friends. And next thing right. you look up, they consider themselves brothers, you know. And some people start off as brothers. They don't even consider themselves friends. No, I want to have nothing to do with them, you know. <laughs> so it's just, it's just some of those special type of situations. So it's really blood is really not the good water, right? In that, in that essence, that's exactly, a good analogy. Exactly. So I mean, it's that's all, a good point. Yeah, it, it, it's all depending on it's all depends on the, the people, you know. Like yeah. for me, and for me and my brothers, like there's nobody closer. Can nobody get in between that gap? If somebody went right. and told my brother said I was talking junk about him and I'm gonna steal from him, my brother could look at them like, dude, get away from me. He ain't gonna do that because they know nobody could come between that. And that's right. where you get, and I think when you get somebody that's not related to you and you consider mm-hmm. yourself like brothers and like family, that's a right. bond that can't come yeah. between that. Because sure. it's easy for a brother to consider another brother a brother because we actually are brothers, you know, so that's easy <laughs> to do. But to consider someone else that you have no blood ties with, no family ties with, to consider them a family member and a brother, that's a huge statement. Right. And 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 not for nothing. I mean, it's almost like uh, it's almost like the bond that uh, you know uh, two troopers in the field might might produce out of exactly. out of being two. Exactly. Yeah. That, uh, years that of war. right there is a perfect example. That right there is a good example because they have to be one. They can't they can't right. be arguing because he right. got to watch his back. He got to watch his back. They both want to make sure each other go home to their families. 
So that's the perfect right. example. And and not for nothing, you could get killed out there. I mean, it's a dangerous sport you're in. Listen, man. Yeah, some guys have. I mean, we all got friends. Whatever business a person is in, you have friends that's also in the business. You know, sure. so I know guys in this business who who got hit a little bit too much, and yep. like they end up they end up dying. They go into locker room collapse, and just some of them never be the same. Right. Yeah. It's uh. It's not a. That's not a sport for babies. You got, you know, you you got to go into oh, that no, ring no. and like say, hey, you guys aren't. If you guys aren't as thick as his two brothers ever might get, um, you know, you like you said, you have his back. He's got your back, and that's why it develops into this. Like I say, it's a very, it's a very different. You know, a boxer is an entrepreneur in the sense that I don't think a lot of people realize this, but he's an entrepreneur who literally goes to battle for his job every exactly. single time he steps in the ring. And uh, exactly. it's, it's an interesting relationship, and, and that's why I said it's different than, you know, if somebody goes out to hire a trainer to train them to, uh, I, I don't know, spin a widget at a factory or whatever, not to insult the widget makers, but it's uh, it's a strictly business relationship, but not always true, too, because there is some sense of camaraderie there. But when, when your job is to go into into the battle zone, you, you're going you're to develop, you're going to develop, you know, relationships that just can't be. Uh, right, you have uh, to develop some type of rapport, even if you don't like each other. You must respect each other. Right. And, yeah, and, you're and that's team. the main thing to it. You, you you must respect each other. And if everybody, like, you got some people who who may not even like each other at all. Like, matter of fact, take, <laughs> take the uh, 93, 94, 95, like, hold on, 92, 3, 4, the, the Bulls. When they ran them three series, the enjoy retired, then they came back, and he came back, and they ran three more in a row. Mm. It's the camaraderie that they had. They, yeah. they didn't hang out together every day. They, they, half of them didn't even talk to Jordan at, once they left the gym. But... It, it, it's the respect they had, number one, and it's how far they work together. As long as you're willing to work together and do what you got to do for the next man, you can make some things happen. That's interesting. Yep, that's a really interesting way to look at it. Now, you you have um, so just to get this in perspective, because I, I I read the bio and everything, but I just want to make sure I understand. So when you you had you were um, gosh. 25 one and one with 19 KOs. That was 2012. Um, probably so. Oh no, that was Seth. Sorry, my bad. So right, I'm reading the bio. Banks, you stopped the guy that was 25 one and one. His name was Seth Mitchell, right? Yes. Back in 2012. Was that kind of when you when you? So, are you still actively boxing or mostly training? Well, I'm doing both. I have a I have a fight. Um, I'm in training camp right now. Because okay. I have a fight coming up. I just left oh. training camp because my fighter just fought on HBO, and then I came to my training camp. So you're still you're still heavy at the boxing as well as you're taking on. You still continue to train at the same time. I I kind of yeah. thought like I kind of read it wrong. I thought it was like you 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 were you know when you were um, sometime in 2012. It, Seemed from the bio that you kind of merged over more from the from the boxing to the training, but you're still full time both. So 2012 was my first assignment as the head trainer to the heavyweight champion of the world. Oh, I see. Okay, which that's is, why that's the turning point. I understand. Assignment. Okay, right, which is a huge assignment. And gotcha. when the word got out that he was hiring mm-hmm. John the Bank, <laughs> people were like, "Dude, are you kidding?" <laughs> 
This dude never trained. <laughs> Think about this, okay? Think about this. Okay. Now, you want somebody to host your show. They never host a show a day in their life. They've seen it done. They've never done it. They've never physically done it before. And you want them to go to the highest level of hosting in radio uh-huh. or in talk, on whatever it is. You want them sure. to go to the highest level. You can't expect someone to do that their first time out. That's like no. going to the casino and everything you hit is, is um, you hit jackpot, everything you hit. You win <laughs> right. in every game. Who does yeah, right. that? That doesn't happen. No. So that was the situation. That's Not me. You know, I can't. But it turned out to be a good situation for me, so I'm happy about it. Beautiful. That's good. We've got uh, uh, some dates coming up here, uh, December 11th. Tell us about that. Yeah, December 11th. Um, myself, Jonathan Banks, is fighting Tony Otava in um, California on ESPN. Beautiful. Now, how far out do you plan those... Uh, do you plan, uh, so do you have, like, tentative dates set for after that, or you can just do one date at a time? The upcoming date is the one that's kind of one being marketed right time. now for your website. That's, that's my goal. My goal is one fight at a time. Yeah. You know, because I think but the second fight doesn't matter. You can't even get past the first fight. So right. the fight, yeah, this you fight is focus. in front of me. Exactly. This fight is in front of me, and that's the fight I'm looking at. And that's the only fight that matters right now. Yeah, good point. Yep, just like when the NFL guys go into their game, they can't think about they can't think about the team coming up next. They got to focus on the one that they're about to exactly, pass. Exactly. Uh, because if you don't get past the team you in front of, <laughs> who comes up next? It don't even matter to you. <laughs> right. What kind of things? How how many? Give me a feeling for how many hours a week you're training versus uh, either like do you have any time for even normal life stuff? I mean, what do you do on when you're not boxing? Do you even have time to do that? How? Give me a feel for, like, how you – because I know most entrepreneurs, whether you're a boxer or you're somebody who's in business, it's very difficult to balance the, the professional time with the with the off time. Is that is that uh, a challenge that you so find in, in your business? It's not so much that it's just difficult to balance it. It's just, to me, I always look at it as place value. You know, you place your cup in the cup holder. You know, you you put your you put your plates where the plates need to be. You put you put things where they need to be. So for me, um, when I'm working, I put everything into what I'm doing. And when it's time to relax, then you know you have time to be able to relax. It's all about it's all about place value. Even no matter what you do, who you are, you got to sacrifice something to continue to do what you love or what you want to do, or just continue yeah. to do your job. Something must yep. be sacrificed. And if I have to give up some social weeks, because I can't be social these last couple, the next couple of weeks so I got to fight, then oh well. You always can get social back. That's not a problem. Sure. Yep. And it's, uh, like I say, I mean, once again, it's kind of hard to imagine the boxer as an entrepreneur, but that is totally what it is. And it's the same thing that, that a, a successful entrepreneur would tell me the same as a successful boxer. He's like, look, when you're when you're in the midst of your it doesn't matter really if you're just starting your career or you're in the middle of it or you're at the end of it. There's always some degree of sacrifice that you have to put up and 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 on large part you're doing it, you know, whether it's your family or your you, whether it's your you know, your mom or dad or whoever it is, you're really doing it for everybody around yeah. you. And you when you put so much into training or into your own training, 
and then you're also you know you're also working with another another boxer who is who is really making a name for himself as well. Um, exactly. Like you said, there has, to be, there has to be sacrifices. What about tomorrow? Are you going to take a break tomorrow? Are you get a day off tomorrow for Thanksgiving or what? No, I work tomorrow. All day? All day. Not, I mean, like my regular work day. Tomorrow's a regular work day for me. And the reason That's I'm excited about it. Up, right? Hey, I'm, I'm, and think about it, that's something to be thankful for. How many people like, get to do what they love? I get to do what I love, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I love doing it. So it's not a problem for me. Yeah, that's another very common thread that I have with um, with business successful business people and entrepreneurs is that if you find something that you really love to do, you'll never work a day in your life. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is my this is man. I love it. Yeah. Business is a booming, right? What about Vladimir? What's uh, can you tell us a little more about what he's what he's up to, what he's doing? Give him a couple of plugs out for uh, for anything coming up with Vladimir. But right now, um, Vladimir is um, he's not. He just he you know after the fight he went home to relax. He's with his fiance. As the world knows, his fiance is pregnant. She's expecting any day now, and um, he's excited waiting on that. There you go. Yeah, he's about to be a father. He's very excited about it. Very cool. I, mean, I just talked to him yesterday. Matter of fact, he called me yesterday. That's awesome. You have um, when you uh, let's go back. Let's step back a little bit. Um, Whatever so you want to do, you any questions you got? You say you're not a, a really knowledgeable about boxing. I remember you saying that. You're talking to the right person. Whatever you want to know, I'm here for you, man. Yeah, all right. That's very cool. Thank you. Um, how about like how about a little more about the mindset of? So you were a, a teenager when you got into boxing. What, what is it that? What kind of personality? I mean, obviously you could be aggressive personality, <laughs> without some sort of aggressive personality type. You, you know, you, you got you got to be able to go out there. And I noticed on your on what your one marketing thing, it says, I like how you phrased it because it says, um, uh, oh, I don't have it in front of me, but it says something like. Jonathan Banks will defeat. It's, it's kind of like saying, like, instead of saying, like, oh, I'm going to, Jonathan's going to box, um, you know, this other guy. It says Jonathan will defeat. <laughs> and then it says the date. Yeah, I'm like, that's that's true. the kind of mindset that you have to have, though, right? You can't just, you, you have to have it in your head that you're going to win that foul or that you're going to win. Mm. That's like driving on the freeway saying, I'm going to accident, I'm going to accident, I'm going to accident, I hope I'm going to accident, I'm going to accident. I do. Who talks like that? <laughs> you know, if you keep saying that, if you keep, if you keep, if that's your biggest fear, then that's what's going to happen to you. Just focus on driving. And for me, I, I focus on training and I focus on winning. So that's my focus. That's my focus point. I mean, yeah. it's like if, if we are if we are going to play baseball, who? How many people hope not to hit a home run? <laughs> how, how many pitchers hope not to get a strikeout? <laughs> you know, how I many? How I many? It's crazy, you know. So, I mean, that's what it is. You have to really, you have to work to get it. So that's what it's about. Right. What gets you in? What gets you into boxing in the first place, though? Like, like, was this like something that you just knew you were going to do from a young age? 
Listen, I mean, man, how about like I'm background? Right how about like is is there a family background in it? I mean, what kind of drives you toward that? No, it's no, it's no family. It's no family background in it. It was no family. I was in the gym when I was a baby, and that's why. No, it was nothing like that. Boxing was just something that was that it was in me when I was born, because it's, it's that's all what I wanted to do. I didn't want to fight. I wanted to box. My first dream I remember having was about boxing. I remember begging my mother all the time, want to box, want to box, want to box. That's what that's always what I wanted to do. Literally born to box. Yeah, I think a lot I of mean, people fight that too. Because I mean, no a lot of times. And yeah, and it's like I mean, it's like Olympians. It's like uh, people that are people who get really good at what they do. Whether it's like a lot of, you know. Um, I don't know, an actor who was singing and dancing for his family at Thanksgiving time. And it's like, it's really like you're wired to do certain things. Like, you know, some people are yeah, wired to start out as a teenager. It's like, think about it this way. Like, everybody who kind of just, and, and I'm not making fun of anybody, but anybody who kind of, because I know a lot of people are like this, they don't kind of have that um, extra kind of, uh, I don't know, just a will to do something. And so you find people, you find young uh, adults who are 18 in high school, they don't know what they're going to do, they don't know what they're going to go to college for, they they go there and they change their mind five times and then they end yeah, up not cool. in college. And it's like, you know what, people who are professional athletes and, you know, uh, or, the, you know, non-professionals in the Olympics, whatever, people who reach a certain level, um, you know, in the sporting industry, whether it be boxing or whatever it is, it seems like they did have that drive young, and that's all they focus on. And so yeah. by being hyper-focused, maybe it's that. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for, just hyper-focused on one outcome, on one goal. And that, and that way, you know, the kids that still don't know what their degree is going to be after four years of college, they never really had that kind of yeah, ability which, to focus on crazy. one goal. Yeah, which is crazy to me. Because they say, I read the article saying in life, you either can um, live your dream or work for somebody who did. <laughs> that's a good one. Where did you see that? Where's that? And, I love that. And, and and that's just. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even remember what was when I seen oh, it. Oh yeah, who knows? Right? Seen, who knows? You read, said, so, oh, I I read so many things. I don't know exactly. what exactly. I, I was in. I was in. Aust- I was in Austria somewhere when I read this. Yeah. Wow. And um, but. But it was one of the it was it was a perfect situation, man. Like it, it, this, this can go. This is what you tell the kids in high school. It's thinking about their ninth grade, tenth grade. Now listen, either you can pursue your dreams or you can work for somebody who did. <laughs> it's up to you. Whichever one you want to do. That's great. That's really cool. That's a great, great phrase. I like that. That's and that and that once again that is, that really pertains to every single. Sort of Everything. what I call self marketers and every across the board, right? It's like that's the, to me that's the beauty of boxing, and that's the beauty of me learning and loving what I do because whatever I do, I feel I can relate. What I can relate something to any active life, and if you never done a sport in your life, we could talk, and I can relate something to you that I experienced in the sport of boxing because it covers everything. When you're dealing with something, yeah. yeah. Put your body through um, through pain. Sometimes, sometimes it makes you cheer. Sometimes it makes you happy. Sometimes it makes you sad. A lot of times it makes you hurt. When you put your body through something like that, you learn so much and so many things you can get out of it. 
So, right. I mean, that, that's why, I mean, from far as I'm concerned, it's one of the best sports you can ever do. Yeah, it's certainly a particular gift to be to be able to really know what you want to do at a young age. And it's it's like I say, it's something where you you pick something, somehow you knew, whatever, whatever your intuition, whatever the hell you want to call it, it's something that you found out early in life, you focused on it. Because sometimes a lot of um, typical self-marketer entrepreneurs um, will come from a background where um, they had a nine-to-five job, they 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 know they can do it better um, than the guy who's in charge, or they believe they can. But sometimes right. not not so much. Maybe they're overly confident. But the point is, they've decided that they're going to do their own thing, and they take a base of like you know contacts or people who they've talked with as business associates, and they take that and they move on. They found they finally found what they like to do, and then after that, like I said, once they found what they like to do, they've never working again because they're enjoying what they're doing. They they intend exactly. to be the best at it. You know the benefit to um, when you when you just decide at an early age and you just somehow intuitively know what you're going to do. You do have a 10 year advantage or 15 year advantage because you already knew what you were going to do and you were focused on it for who knows how many years at this point. But you you see what I'm saying? Uh, that's all I ever wanted to do, and that's the thing about it. I didn't like a lot of people. Um, they want to. Um, they they may want to be an engineer. But oh man, I didn't do this right. I'm gonna go work in the factory. I'm gonna go work in the factory. So right. a lot of people may want to do something, but not a lot of people. Their first dream, their only dream, they get to live it. And I'm very fortunate. Yeah. I'm thankful yeah. that I get to do that. Yeah, there's 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 definitely like I say some sort of some sort of gift there where you just knew it and you did it and and you're good at it and you continue to be good at it and um. It's always good to be confident going into anything, whether it's a, a boxing match or a football game or or a or a negotiation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And especially in negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> you start early, you figure it out early, and like I say, you know, the people that don't get, figure out what degree they want till they're 25, well, they're they're where you were now, 15 years. You know, who knows how many years ago, but exactly. you, exactly. you figured that stuff out a decade ago, and now they're way behind the eight ball. But what? Eventually, exactly. if you find what you like to do, you'll get good at it. But that's that's what it is, right there. You know, people who are professional athletes, and like I say, people who make it to the Olympics, they just knew somehow. Actors and actresses, they for some reason, they just knew when they were young, and their whole family knew too. That's the funny part. Their whole family yeah. like, oh, we knew this one was going to do this or this one was going to do that. We could tell just based on the personality type, you know. And uh, for yep. some reason, engineers take a lot longer to figure. Engineers who are supposed to be smarter than me are the ones who took longer to figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> 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 oh, well, that's their problem. But hey, as long as you figure it out, you, you venture off. You got you have the moxie to start a business. You know, I I respect that in everybody who does a business and literally. Literally, what you're doing is a business, and you know that. And uh, like a book author, they don't people don't think book authors are entrepreneurs. Are you kidding me? People think when you get published, the marketing company helps you sell that thing. That's not how that works. You sell it. You sell that. The publishing company prints a bunch of copies. <laughs> but you got to market yourself, and that's the same that goes for you. And eventually, it looks like you've teamed with some people, though, at this point, um, who are working your marketing angle a little bit or, or whatever. Um, you know, yeah. but when you first start, when you first start, usually you're on your own, or you have one person like your trainer, who's more like a family member who's going to look out for you more than they are kind of your marketing guy. 
Um, but they end up being like a spokesperson, and then eventually, you know, you get a marketing company. But by and large, you got to exactly. sell more. That person for me, that person for me was United Stewart. He had the name, he had the fame, he had the resume. There you go. It wasn't not one turner in the history of the sport that's more highly decorated than he was. Yeah. So with someone like that speaking my name and being in his, just being in his company did wonders for me. Right. Yeah. Great story. Um, I'm so glad I had John. I love it. Inspirational. It, it's it's a good story. And like I say, it, it kind of highlights how it, business is business. Every job, every career, every whatever you are, you're a business and you do self-marketing and you're confident, you go into it with confidence and you succeed because you have the goal, you see the goal, and you get you reach the goal. And congratulations on all that, and I was glad to have you. We're okay. down to one minute. We're going to do a website speak here. Um, if you want to go ahead and give a website address. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, John underscore Banks, uh, Twitter, Jonathan underscore Banks. Um, and, I mean, that's about it. I mean, if people watch the okay. on ESPN on December 11th. Yep. Yep, and and really just to Google, you're you're pretty well positioned in Google if you just search for Jonathan Banks, um, and he has that H oh, wow, for Jonathan, Jonathan Banks, and and Jonathan underscore Banks and Twitter and all those feed places, and and um, we're down to thirty seconds. Hey, thanks a bunch for coming on, Jonathan. I I look forward to following your your future and and where you end up. And uh, anybody out there that wants to uh, read a little more, just search for. Spotlight on Success in Google. We're pretty well positioned. And if you want to add in Jonathan Banks, you'll direct. Um, but if you just search Spotlight Perfect. on Success, you'll find our radio show, and we're down to 10 seconds. So once again, Jonathan, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks a lot, for coming man. on. My, you take care, and uh, I'll, I'll keep up on your, your uh, career. Thanks a bunch, buddy. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's talk again. We want to know more information about boxing. All righty. Okay. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.